Welcome to Leadership DNA, a podcast for those who aspire to be a better leader. Alongside Arturo Gomez, I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited for this episode because we have a guest. I would like to welcome Trent Clark, CEO at Leadershipity. Trent, great to have you on the show. Great to be here for both of you guys. I'm super excited, so thanks for having me. Trent, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and jump in. I mean, I've I've, I've known you uh, for a few years now, and and had a real pleasure of actually understanding, getting to understand your background. And I mean, it's um, in the leadership space, it is extensive. So obviously, we're excited to have you here today. I mean, it includes multiple World Series championships, and um, but I'd love to dive in a little bit more about leadershipity right now and, and try to understand exactly how you're bringing all this experience together to uh, to to perform and to create the product that you have now. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, as the CEO of leadershipity, we work with a lot of different different organizations, right? A lot of middle market organizations with leadership teams on how do we develop uh, teams of coachable champions? And that's what really what we're driving into. And for me, most people didn't go to university to study coaching. They didn't go to study leadership. They didn't go to study management even a lot of times, right? We have high level degrees in engineering. We have high level degrees in accounting or something to that effect. And now it's like, hey, you've built this great company. That's awesome. Hey, go lead these 400 people. It's like, wait, what? How do I do that well? And so we lean on what we know from the past, what we've been modeled. And of course, with the itties, we talk about integrity, diversity, humanity, accountability, clarity, unity, humility, right? Which we want, spirituality, generosity, all those itties we, we want in all of our leaders. And as you know, like we have a lot of them and you guys are two rock stars and even the rock stars have, you know, some gaps in that, right? Like, well, you know, I... I don't really like that humility part that much. And so it's like, well, wait a minute, how are you going to lead from there, right? So that's what we work on. Uh, Trent, what I love that you just said there is even rock stars have gaps. And I believe that's actually an extremely important thing that we would all need to be self-aware on because we as leaders, if we believed we are perfect in everything that we do, then that's a fixed mindset. And I think one of the things that Arturo and I have talked about is the importance of growth mindset, no matter what level you're at. And when you look at the world of sports, even the best of the best, they're always striving to get better every single day. Well, that's, that's, you know, continuous improvement, right? Like it's, it's, it's the Kaizen and everyone's like, oh, Kaizen, like, you know, the Japanese, like we're always going to improve and it's, it's absolutely critical. And, and, you know, in sports, so, so what do we look at today? We've got this whole world turned on its ear, right? And what's the number one skill we need? Adaptability. We need that right now. Like everybody needs to adapt to what's going on right now without freaking out, without everybody going, oh my gosh, the, the chicken little, you know, the sky is falling. And uh, that's, a, that's a challenge because that's not everybody's DNA, right? People like to be like, hey, I like this and I've worked hard to have it this way and I don't want it to change. <laughs> like, ooh, you know, changes, it's inevitable. It's, it's the one constant, right? Trent, you said um, in your opening kind of comments, you said something that for me is it resonated really, it was really impactful. The Right now, it, certainly in the hospitality space, but I think in a lot of industries, there's a huge labor shortage. Mm. And, and you have people all over the political spectrum saying it's 
it's this side is, uh, you know, we're, we're putting yeah. too much money in these guys' hands and they yeah. should get off their couch. <laughs> the way that I've, the way that I've actually been looking at it. And it's, there's some particular instances that I've seen coming out of the, the good old state of Florida that people are saying, Hey, you know, th- these, these employees don't want to come to work. My, my actually thought was, and there's, there's companies right now that are incentivizing hourly, hourly uh, employees to come on board. What I've not seen is any company, any corporation publicly acknowledge that they're investing in their leaders to create a culture that becomes a lot more magnetic than Joe's bar and grill on the corner. Instead of complaining that you can't get employees, focus on what could potentially be a problem. And it maybe is your culture, maybe it's your leadership, maybe it's that you're not attractive enough for these individuals that now are they're fighting and they're going against the Amazons of the world and some of these other big indi- these industry giants that are putting a strong emphasis on development, coaching, culture, mentorship. You know, so if you can maybe kind of speak a little bit about that. And that'd be well, great. I think it's a huge point, Arturo. I think you, you know, you kind of nailed it. Like, why aren't we investing in this right now? Like, I could tell you, like, our companies that work with leadershipity, I've had 60% of our companies double down in 2020 on engagement. Now, that's a pretty easy deal in a lot of ways because it's like, hey, what was our T&E budget last year? <laughs> you know, oh, a million dollars and, and, and 2020 it was 90, 90 two grand. So all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we got $900,000. Let's upskill. Let's go get going and get some of the high quality talent because some people have been under no fault of their own. They've been let go. They're all of a sudden they're on their bench and you got some high quality talent on that bench and they, they won't sit there long. And the, the folks who are looking like, Hey, we're going to go upskill right now. We're going to go get better. And we just, you know, companies around us, we're, we're growing. Uh, leadershipity companies are growing. They're hitting it hard. They're up. You know, I got one company up like, you know, 40%. Like it's, it's no joke. People can go and grab top talent. They can, it's also a good time to prune a little bit. People that are struggling to, to be a part of the culture right now and are fighting that like, Hey, listen, maybe there's a better opportunity for you. Cause it might not be here. We're going to keep moving forward and keep driving. And for those that are challenged and distracted, by all the other things, we're we're, we're back to. Uh, uh, I think Henry Ford said it. You know, hey, obstacles are those those things you see when you take your eyes off your goals. If we're focused on what I need to do, then we're we're kind of moving forward. And I think part of that unemployment uh, option, Arturo, was like, are we giving people purpose? Are we giving them like places they're going to be successful? You know, I, I love Bill Belichick's quote on this, where he says, "Hey, I know I got a great team." When everybody in the whole organization knows what they need to do and they're doing it. Like, you know how many organizations I go in and go, hey, you know, what are you supposed to be doing today, Trish? And she's like, I don't know. I ask my boss every day and they kind of give me a direction. Like, wait, even here three years and every day I go in and check in with someone on what I should do. We we don't know and own our own own, uh, roles and responsibilities. Like, that's bonkers, right? That's inefficiency, like 400 level. And we're not giving these people and enabling them the tools to really move forward. But the good organizations, they're hiring the talent. They're getting them in place. They're letting them, you know, certainly autonomous environment more than ever with the remote learning, like go home and kill it. Like these are what you're responsible for. And you will be judged against those responsibilities. And you need to take ownership in that. 
Trent, I want to dig deeper into the culture side of things. Uh, us being in Chicago, we saw the way that Joe Madden and the Cubs won yeah. a World Series. And you're like, well, what happened there? Well, one, Joe Madden brought a culture with him, this yes. way of doing things. And when you look across the board, you mentioned that the Patriots, they were successful. The San Antonio Spurs, they've been successful. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been successful. It's because they've got this culture of excellence in winning. And it, it blows my mind when you see at the highest level in professional sports, when teams and organizations consistently do not succeed because of the culture or a lack thereof. So it's like, all right, what can be done to start to build the foundation of a good culture? And we know it starts at the top, but what are some of your thoughts from what you've experienced from what great leaders do to establish a culture of excellence? Yeah, I think it's um, it's gigantic, right? The first thing you said, I've worked with a couple of really good ones, right? With Joe, you know, Joe and I were together seven years with the Angels and he set standards, right? Nick Saban, when I was with him, like he sets a standard and it's it's a moonshot, right? <laughs> like, it's like, hey, Rob, come work with me and come to the moon with me, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, all right, let's do it. And then like, you do everything in your power, like, oh, you know, Rob didn't reach the moon. I mean, he reached, he reached the highest star and, you know, you made 25 million a year, but you know, like he was a little short of the moon. You're like, yeah, but the people who, who dropped out were like, oh my gosh, it's just too hard. That standard is too high. They were eliminating themselves in a lot of ways. Right. And so, you know, when you have that, I, that's the first thing I tell leaders, like, like set a high bar, because if you set a low bar, people are unlikely to go get it might exceed it a little bit, but they're not going to go, you know, this bar is that they're not going to stay. What they're going to go to is like, oh, Trent, that was a nice bar. You know what I'm going to do? I'm running over to Arturo's group where he's got a high bar because I need to be challenged. And Arturo sets the standard. I'm going over to Cressy's group where they kick some butt, you know, like, because you're not challenging me anymore. And so if you want the, the, those stars, I think you got to set that. And they were so good about that. And Joe's got a superpower of absolutely taking his people and maximizing, you know, their, their potential, right? He's so good at this. He takes these young athletes and he says, Hey, this is, this is what you're great at. And what a lot of people probably don't understand in pro sports and a lot of things is that, you know, we don't really work that much on the weaknesses. The strengths are so great. Like the strengths are such a superpower. Like I'm going to do this until Rob, you can stop me. <laughs> and I don't think you can. So let's do, and you're doing the same thing. Like, you know what? I don't think you can hit this. So I'm going to be throwing this at you until you prove you could actually do it. And, and so I think there's this uh, ability to prove. And then the other thing that he does so great is like, when he sees you develop those superpowers, he puts you in that role. And he's like, Cressy's got this, these two things. So I'm going to let him catch, play this position. He will always be successful. But for Arturo, he's going to be successful over there. He's a speed guy. We have him over at, you know, center field. And we want this. And we put him in a position always to be successful in, in situations where he knows the mentality of folks. He gets to know them very well. I just wrote, I just did a piece on this the other day uh, on Monday morning motivation for us. Um, I'm here in Phoenix and I did it over in front of the Cubs uh, spring training facility. And that is Joe's deal. It's like, he absolutely gets to know people uh, and their abilities, their mentalities, what they can handle. And as you, as you all remember in the series, in the, the, the year they won, 
I was sitting in a bar and they were all saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're leaving the closer out there. Like Joe's been with this kid for 120 days or 140 days in a row. Like he knows exactly what he's capable of. Like he's not gonna put somebody out there and go, well, I hope he's successful. Like he knows what he has an ability of. And, and everyone points to that on Brady. That mentality is no joke. When they took him in the draft, like sixth round, they knew they had a guy who could win in the fourth quarter because he proved it how many times in college at Michigan. He did it again and again. Like when it's on the line, all of a sudden Brady looks like a superpower. He just doesn't look good on the combine when he takes his shirt off, right? But like mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter when I need him, he's a rock star. That's amazing. So, Trent, when did you? Um, I mean, because your, your your history. I mean, working with athletes, specializing really in the in the physical side. At what point in your career did you say, you know, I I may continue on the physical side, but I really need to get into the mental side and the emotional side. When did you When did you make that jump? And and tell me about how understanding that side has made you that much more talented and impacting people. Yeah, I think it's a wow. That's a that's a pretty deep question right there, and I think it's part of the self reflection, right? I think you know both of you guys have met me. I am not looking the prototypical major league baseball, right? At five six, one hundred and seventy pounds. So, you know, I think the mentality of the grit, you know, that that grit formula. I love that so much to understand people's willingness uh, and effort that they're willing to put forward. Uh, and so when I got into pro baseball, here I was this guy that was always willing to go the extra mile right and so um with that sorry about that excuse me and so with that um i think that that became part of understanding that mentality you know we i i I was interviewing a guy uh, a good friend of mine a mentor and coach he said you know don't don't be willing to go the extra mile like build your house on it and i was like Oh man, that's, that's, that was powerful stuff to me as I think about the mentality that like says, Hey, I will, who's, well, who, who's going to do that? Arturo, Rob, who, who do you think we can get around here? And someone just, Arturo goes, I, I will, I will do it. Like the person who's willing to step up. And I think about like people like you two guys and other folks that I've known and who've been super successful. And I think about, they've always gone the extra mile for people, for their organization for themselves, for their families. And by the way, I've also been to all their houses. <laughs> like it's like 7,000 square foot with a pool and a hoop cord in the back. Like, like I, I noticed all those houses on the extra mile are pretty nice, right? Like if you really want to go the extra mile. And so when he said that, like, Hey, don't go the extra mile, build your house on it. I just thought, man, there's a mentality that comes into that for somebody. When, when I got into sports, I was this guy who had an exercise science degree training athletes physically but very quickly i realized that man i needed a psychology degree people were coming in after the ball games and they're they're digesting this mentality of you know i was three for four and hit two home runs and you know i'm strutting through the weight room you know now it's the gun show i don't know if you've seen me recently right you know or or it's i struck out three or four times the body language has changed three strikeouts and four at bats. I can't hit water. If I fell out of a boat, you can, you can feel the negative self-talk that's coming at people. And it's like, 
whoa, man, like here, I gotta, I gotta get in and get and build this guy up. This guy, I gotta bring down because you know, confidence is moving into arrogance. And you're like, hey man, let me let me pull you back. You know, I got a I got a cake, I got a humble pie over in the office. I'm gonna give you a slice, right? And then I got this other guy who it's like, oh my goodness, man, like, no, no, no. You got this. Like this is this is one day. There will be another day, right? And I loved your piece that you guys did a couple of weeks ago on, you know, that one day, right? I love that because I'm a, I'm a believer in that proponent. So Trent, you just mentioned two extremely unique, but valuable things in self-talk and grit. And there are such big key performance indicators for future success, because what we say to ourselves and what we vocalize, it's what is going to happen that's why you see so much in the world of affirmations anyone who watched the ufc event this past weekend and one of the girls who had just an uh, just an incredible knockout right before she stepped into the cage she says i am the best and it made me feel so good as someone who's a master of language to see that on the highest level but then we talk about the grit side of things and it's the people who are willing to not only just go the extra mile, but do the things that others aren't willing to do. And both of these things, while simple, can be extremely difficult for people to grasp because it's an everyday thing mm. that every time a new challenge comes, we have the opportunity to say, am I going to let the bitch voice in me say, Rob, don't go and do it? Or am I going to push forward and say, you know what, you need to get to the gym and do these extra reps. Or what is the self-talk I'm going to have when I have a bad day or I go 0 for 3. So how do you find is a good way for people to work on these things? And certainly as you get higher up, you're dealing with the best people in the world who are struggling with their self-talk. How do you help them with self-talk and grittiness? Well, I think it's all the things that you guys teach on your show. I mean, I think you guys are hitting it right on. I mean, I've listened to a couple episodes and you guys are just dead on with it. Like one is, is, you know, get a coach, right? Get somebody around you who you surround yourselves is so important. I know you guys have touched on that a number of times. I mean, it's also writing down your goals, writing that down and getting a visual of that. And, and I love that one day that you guys talked about a couple episodes ago, because for me, it's this day for that day, right? I was taught that a while back like hey on that day you know we're gonna have you know our tourist company is gonna be a hundred million dollars on that day but what are we doing this day to get to there right like that's not that far away it may be two years it may be three years but like it's this day what are we doing this day for that day and you know for me it was that you know college scholarship right what am i doing this day to get that college scholarship. And I was a man, self-talk guy. I was like, I think I can, I think I can. And I often tell the story when I'm speaking about seeing Steve Avery for the first time, you know, we were kids growing up in the same state in Michigan. And Steve was a left-hander throwing 90 miles an hour at 16 years old. Right. And he was destined. He's a great athlete. Like he's destined for superstardom. And of course he was with the Braves for a long time. And, you know, I can just remember like, so, so for example, of what we tell ourselves, you know, I sat down with a buddy of mine. We knew it was a big day because you got, you know, 12 scouts are going to be there to watch Steve the next day. And fortunately for us, they got to watch the whole game. And I'm like, as a little guy, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta make an impression on someone. I'm like, and my buddy goes, man, it's a big game. And Avery's going to strike me out four times. And I'm like, you know, 
he's not going to strike me out four times. Like, I'm going to hit one right back at his lid, man. You watch this. <laughs> All false confidence, right? I am hope. Like, I'm still hope is a strategy at this point, right? Like, but I'm, but I'm telling myself, you know, I think I can. And, and I'm like, and I get in the box, man. And I'm like, here we go, man. I want some of this. Like, I'm ready. And I mean, whack. That first pitch comes in and I'm like, I, we're, I didn't see it. <laughs> like, that's like, it was like a BB. Like, I'm like, trying, I, what? So I'm like, I step out, I take a breath, trying not to look fully panicked, like, holy crap, what am I going to do here, right? I'm thinking, quick, 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 just got to be fast. Fortunately, little guy, I'm sure Steve's thinking, I'll just blow this guy out of the water. I do quicken up. Thankfully, Steve hits my bat, and, you know, I go quick, and a line drive right back at his head, like right over his head, about a foot in the center field for a base. I forget to run. I'm so surprised myself, right? Oh, I got to go to first. I got to, you know, so I end up getting two hits that day, lose the ball game three to one. I score one run and two of those scouts call my dad and say, Hey, what's Trent's plans. Right? So now I'm on the radar. Right. But, but it started days and years before that like I, I need moments to show I can do it and it's this day for that day what are you doing this day if I'm not in the weight room if I'm not hitting the tee if I'm not getting the reps I'm not there that day when it absolutely needs me and it's what we love about Brady right mm -hmm. like he's the epitome of wooden is like <clears throat> be your best when your best is needed like Every time Brady's needs, like Roger Federer, another guy, like every time his best is needed, the guy's like incredible, right? It's like, man, you know, you ever see a guy just choke in the big tournament or a, a person who's got their big moment and they just can't bring it in? Like this guy absolutely surpasses the big moment and plays one of the best. That's incredible to me, right? These guys that can do it. It's uh, that's a mentality that wasn't built in in a moment it's built time and time again day by day hour by hour moment by moment awesome Trent. i got a i got a i got a question for you so you know we kind of touched on it a little bit before we started recording but um you know COVID has changed a lot COVID has flipped the really the entire world upside down has that changed anything in terms of the way that people view leadership and is there a specific quality that you think now kind of stands alone as one of those things that's going to be a leadership quality that people are going to be looking for and trying to cultivate in future leaders? Yeah, I think that now more than every, you know, I, I think it's still the same quality that um, has always been there, but now I think it's even more heightened, which is uh, for me, it's, you know, personal discipline, right? It's the, it's the absolute discipline to do what's needed of you when it's needed. And it's just a tough thing, right? We're human, human nature. And, and like you guys said, I'm a strength coach in baseball. And I can remember getting on the road. Well, I work out guys from, you know, 9am to 11, I go to the ballpark at one, and then I work out people till midnight, and then I go home. So when does Trent do his workout? Right. I got to do it at 630 in the morning or I got to stay late. And man, the times that on a travel day, I just want to get to the hotel and 
watch a movie and eat bonbons and order room service. Like I'm still the same guy. Like I got human nature sets in. I'm tired, man, from the road and worn down and I don't want to go do it. And it takes that personal discipline to do hard things. And uh, the folks that have that, I think separate themselves from everybody pretty quickly. You know, you guys talk about this formula for sex, for success. And, and I've seen elite performers my whole life. I've spent my whole life around them, my whole adult life. And the formula is absolutely simple. It's absolutely simple. It's just not easy, right? Like it's not, it's not rocket science. Like, hard effort and grinding and grit, like focus on what you need to do, getting the right people around you that continue developing, having that personal discipline. Like none of it is, is, is so complex, but if people think that's easy on a day-to-day basis, it's not easy. One of the quotes that I love that I live by is prepare for what's difficult when it's easy. And Mm. as I look through the pandemic, uh, I really saw it for myself as a crucible of adversity that was gonna set me up for the rest of my life for success. Because when everybody else is running and going backwards, remember we're all going through the same days every single day, what am I going to do to separate myself? And I've had to transform myself to say, all right, those times in which I don't want to do something, those end up becoming the most valuable moments for you. So exactly like you said, Trent, you're on this road trip. All you want to do is sit there and have room service. But you know, when you're done with that workout, man, what it does to your mind from from the way that I see things. And certainly I think fitness is a great example for everyone because it's something that is a part of success in general health. And it's an easy thing to say, I'm not going to do it today, but I do, I do fitness for my mind because the number of times that I don't want to go is all the time. And, and I've worked out four to five days a week for the last 15 years. So I'm extremely consistent with it. And when you're operating at that level, it's like, oh, it must be easy for you. No, it is never easy. Just like waking up in the morning in the fives, never easy for me. You wake up and you're like, oh my God, I would love, but you start to learn that that's actually where for me, my confidence comes from because uh, last week I did a leg day when I didn't even want to go to the gym and my legs were hurting the next day. And I was like, I earned that confidence. Can you talk about earned confidence? Because for me, it is what grit and personal discipline and accountability and that to me is how you transform yourself into a leader. And that's what is helping build culture. Yeah. That's that one right there. Right? Like, earned not given right like nothing's given in this life and i and i that's the the travesty that i think we're missing with our youth is like you got to earn it and have have you ever been to um have you ever when you ever did that workout right like have you ever done it and then gone man i'm so unhappy with myself that i just spent an hour and 15 minutes in the gym getting better <laughs> like when you're done you're like yeah like i didn't want to do this at all but like and the next day when you feel that soreness like yes i did something and and you know this is this is so crucial for us because that 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 soreness is is telling us it's giving us feedback like 
you're growing, right? And you talk about that growth mindset. We do, um, uh, what well, we do 360s with a lot of leaders. And if you're not familiar with the 360, it's surrounding yourself with 20 people that are close to you from direct reports to, to peers, to superiors, to, to vendors or clients. And so you get different lenses in and they all rate you of how do you see you as a leader? And I'm like, oh, well, I see me as a great leader. I see me as a super listener. I'm a 90 and everyone goes, yeah, 50, you suck. You need to, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, what? Like, and like, so the whole perception is I'm a 50 and I think I'm a 90. We got massive gap here, right? Like I got to shore up that gap. Like, and now I've got all this feedback because perception's reality, right? I can sit there and say, hey, if I'm a 90 and they think I'm a 50, well, what's true? Well, the 50 is true perception is reality it's what everyone sees and believes not not what i think because you know we judge ourselves on our on our intentions we judge others on their actions so it's like oh man i intended to work out like wow oh look at this person you know overweight not working out like i mean i'm not doing it but you know i, I talk about it all the time and i've got the weight room at home too <laughs> like, like wait wait a minute. i intend to work out i don't do it but like now i'm gonna start judging other people like yes that's not great for us right so we when we talk about that grind, man, it's, it's, it's a lot about that self-awareness and, and that leadership, man. It's, it's, you know, I tell people a lot, like when they talk about leadership, you sure? Like, here's what I really want. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> like, because right now it is tough. It's tough out there and it's 24 seven, which I think is very different from, from, you know, even 20, 30 years ago with the social media, you post something, you know, people taking a camera. I know Rob Cressy, he's got a big profile, like this and that. And all of a sudden they got, you know, you talking to some clerk at a grocery store, like not, not, not in your best light at 1130, looking for something for your wife, upset. You got a sick kid and someone takes a video shot of you and going, oh, this is Cressy. Arturo's getting on a plane, you know, with, with one of his luxury aviation company. And all of a sudden he's going to start mistreating people. And people are going to be like, there's a, there's a camera on that at 3 a.m. in the middle of Barcelona, Spain. And hey, man, you were always on. And, you know, for people who don't understand that. It, and so if you don't have any self-awareness around that right now, this is, this is going to be tough for you. Because I think it's actually strengthened us as people in a lot of ways, because it, we, we closed the gap on the imposter because it's not like, you know what, I go fool everybody from nine to five and then I come home and I'm a total, you know, bonehead, but man, nine to five, I got them fooled. And I think I can keep this up for about 15 more years. <laughs> like, you know, we all live in that imposter sometimes, but like we've been forced into recognition where our gaps are. We got to understand. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, as we talk about these teams and that, and that mentality, like understanding, like, you know, I don't have to be great at that because I've got Rob and Arturo on my team. So like when I, when I'm faced with this, I go, Oh, you know what? I don't know. Arturo, what do you think? <laughs> Can you run point on this? Because you're a superstar at this. Let's put you in the position to be better for our organization. Because if I'm in the position, I'm going to muck it up. And if Arturo is in the position, we're going to go better. And when Rob's time to shine, we got to put him out front, you know, and, and I think that's just the critical element as leaders. We got to understand and, and be okay with the fact that you're not going to be great at everything. Right. You know, I have a, I, there's a quote that I saw. It was actually from the Harvard business review, something that actually resonates 
immensely with me because I've been a real faith guy in terms of when I've been coaching and mentoring, I see things in certain people that they may not have the resume, they may not have the, the experience or the background, but there's some intangible, there's something about that person yeah. that I know that they're going to be special. And this, this quote, this article is hire leaders for what they can do, not for what they've done. So the reason I bring it up in this conversation is one, because I know that you have this, this crazy deep sports background and it really kind of reads like a scouting report. It's yes. like, Hey, this kid, you know what? He may have only played ball at one year or two years in high school, but there's something about his physical or his, his presence on the field that tells me that he he's a Tom Brady, right? Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, so can you speak to, to that? And is that something that you've seen over your years and like, Yes. I mean, I, you, you, you just nailed it right there with uh, just, it, I smile because it takes me back to a moment of how long we've been measuring the wrong things. Right. And I, how many times in baseball, I heard like, you, you got somebody right now talking to us and going, Hey, Rob, Arturo, what do you think of this guy? He was really great in 2011. I'm like, oh, wait, what did you just say 2011? Like it, that was 10 years ago. He won 20 games. Are we, are we, he's, he's 37 now. Like we're, we're not talking about the same guy anymore. Like the physical attributes have all changed. And I hear stuff in the mentality of that. And it, it, it drives me bonkers. And I think that's why everybody loves Moneyball, right? Because Paul D. Podesta was a guy that I was with in Cleveland. He's the Harvard guy. That's kind of based on that with Oakland, who um, the actor, you know, plays there and, and, um, you know, Paul's now with the Browns and look what the Browns are doing. He's changing the way they see potential. He's changing the way they start measuring success and, and what makes, what means talent. And, and I think, you know, we're back to, you know, what, what got you here won't get you there, right? We got to keep adapting. We got to keep, you know, materializing new proponent, be looking for success in different ways. And we have to be aware of who can take us into that and who has that mentality to adapt and change and continue to progress. And that's crucial. And I think, uh, you know, and I, I, I tell a great story about Paul. We had an open tryout. This is years ago with the Indian. This is like, I was like 25 or 26 years old. And, 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 and you remember, and they still do it by the way, professional baseball, they run the 60 for a measurement and like, Oh, you know, Rob Cressy's coming. He's got a great 60. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. But like, I don't know if that's what we need to be measuring. Like I want to know mass times acceleration, right? Because that produces force. And so I want to know how big he is and how fast he can move in 10 yards. So I would set up my digital timers for 60 and then I would set up 40 because there was a ton of data on that out of the combines and everything else. And then I would stand at 10 and take all the numbers because when I was in Detroit, like uh, I was with the Tigers in 94 with Sparky Anderson, uh, Kirk Gibson, Cecil Fielder, Jesus. a bunch of great guys. And I would run 10 yard sprints and Cecil Fielder could run with Kirk Gibson, all American flanker, you know, world champion Kurt Gibson, who's an absolute stud, right? And I've got overweight 255, <laughs> maybe on, on two years ago scale. And, and in 10 yards, man, like he was right there with Gibson. And I'm like going, maybe this is why he hits the ball 520 feet 
because he can absolutely create. This guy, if he would have been in football, he probably would have been, you know, an all-American defensive tackle or pulling guard or something. This guy could absolutely get out. Now, in a 40, he's going to lose by 10 yards to Gibson, right? Like it's not the same, but like quickness, like he's got it. And are we are we looking for the right things in people, Arturo? Like when you say that, like when we're looking for the potential, what are the qualities we need in that? And so I think that's a really key component for, for organizations to identify in their leaders. Like, what do we need and start looking for the right things as opposed to what everybody tells us we should be looking for. Right. So Trent, as we wrap this up, what Arturo and I like to do is give an action item or a takeaway from the episode for everyone listening and watching. And for me, it actually goes to one word, my takeaway. And it comes from something you said about investing in leaders to create a magnetic culture. And you said the word upskill. For me, it is so important as leaders, both for ourselves, personal leaders and leaders of teams that we are constantly leveling up our skills and doing the same for your team. Because when you can create a culture of constantly learning and that starts at the top, that is how you create something absolutely magical. So Arturo, I'll give it to you before we drop it to Trent. Yeah. What is your action item or takeaway? I think uh, I think for me, anybody that, that um, you know, this is for aspiring leaders and individuals that, that feel like they're already in a strong leadership position. I, I don't think that there's a day that we can spend with with the, without getting value and, and looking back on our culture and, and actually writing things down that we feel our, our strengths and our, and our gaps and our weaknesses. I, I think culture is, is, you know, there's a bunch of different sayings about how culture eats strategy or mm. I forgot what the exact yeah. the comment is, but, but it's um, we, if we really focused in on the culture of who we are as organizations and what we can contribute to the human level, I think that our organizations would be much better off and in stronger positions. Mm. And so spend some time, spend some time and write down your, your, you know, your, your core values, write down what you're trying to do as an organization, but not as a, not as a fiscal uh, goal, talk, talk to yourself and write down what you're trying to do on a human level. Mm. Yeah. That. that was the Peter Drucker cultural each strategy for breakfast. right? And yeah. I love that. And, and, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a Hebrews 12, 11 guy, like no discipline, seems pleasurable, you know, no, no discipline is pleasure at the time, but often painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those that have been trained by it. Like we've got to go do the training of discipline. It's not mm -hmm. easy, but like, we've never looked back. And when we look at our young careers and the hard things, the, the, the stay up all night for the final exam, you don't ever regret that because you got the degree. You don't ever regret the hill running because your team won the championship. You know, the, the hard workouts puking over the barrel. No one ever, that, those are, those are acute pain. They're short term pains. Discipline is short term. Regret is chronic pain. That is, you do not want to be in the regret pain side. So for me, I think that's critical. For me, the takeaway on, you know, upskilling and, and, and culture, I, I should probably get paid by these guys, but, you know, Blinkist is probably one of the best tools for leaders. Um, you know, books in 15 minutes, audible or written, you know, if you highlight anything out of it, it can sync to Evernote. 
you can have a ton of information and data in a very short period. You can build a library of power, intelligence, education, you know, things you can build and continue to, to work on upskilling and your culture and all those things. And it's all like handheld and easy. We talk about leaders reading 50 books a year. That's a very difficult thing. It's a tough discipline, but there are a lot of tools now. We can get our education very quickly. And, and what we know, the three of us, is we've got a bunch of storied histories from our experiences. So reading a, a great book by Stephen Covey, I don't, I don't need to hear the Stephen Covey and his family story. I'd rather apply the data to my stories. I want to get the message and bring it into my stories. And so I think, I think Blinkus is a real active. So for a powerful tool for folks, Rob, I'd really recommend people, people engage there. Be smart. Trent, really enjoyed jamming with you and all the knowledge and inspiration yeah. that you shared with us. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, leadershipity.com is obviously our site. We have our, our YouTube show on every Friday live on Winners Find a Way. That's at the Leadershipity YouTube channel. That'll be coming out in podcast within the month. So we're super excited about that. And, uh, you know, you can find me on all the socials between Trent M. Clark and Leadershipity on Twitter and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's probably our biggest where we're at. So in Arturo, where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, it's going to be LinkedIn as well. Arturo Gomez, LinkedIn. And on my end, you can hit me up on all social platforms, especially LinkedIn and Instagram at Rob Cressy. You can also go to robcressy.com. I've got a ton of resources on mindset and brand building that can help you out on your journey. And we would love to hear from you about what we talked about. There is so much from culture to mindset to leadership. What was your action item or takeaway from this? Hit us up on social and a crazy thing might happen. We just might respond back to you. We would love to engage and keep this conversation going. <laughs>